0: Thank you for joining us today at Capital City Church, whether here in person or joining online. First time in-person guests, please be sure to pick up our gift to you at the Welcome Center in the lobby.
1: The connection card found in today's bulletin is your way to share communication and connect with the church. So please take a moment to fill it out and place it in the offering at the end of service. We look forward to connecting with you and hope you will choose Cap City as your church family.
0: Drunk or treat for your kids is happening right after service today. You are invited to join the fun for a few minutes outside immediately following the service. We look forward to having neighbors from the community join us as well. I'm going to get a head start. Okay. 55 and
1: over. Please remember to sign up before November 12th at the Information Desk to join the Golden Saints Holiday wildlife trip to the Columbus Zoo on December 3rd. For details, you can call Nan Davis, my mama, at 614-557-1631. They're not
0: out there yet. Did you know Capital City Church is an official election site where hundreds of people vote year to year. This November 2nd, Election Day, you can help voters experience a great welcome while they're in the building. How? By baking homemade cookies, greeting people in the lobby throughout the day, or offering coffee during one of the time slots. Please sign up at the information desk at in the back of the sanctuary to serve our community on November 7th. First
1: Sunday, November 7th, is Homecoming Sunday at Capital City Church. Invite your friends and family to reconnect here, honoring our heritage and celebrating our future. We'll meet past leaders and fellowship in the morning and then join a heartfelt hymn sing and a cake reception at 6 p.m. Pick up invitations to share today in the lobby.
0: Thank you for supporting the ministries of Cap City Church. You can give online at capcitychurch.live. That's capcitychurch.live. Also through cash at Capital City Church or by giving a check for cash. Our ushers will be receiving the offering at the close of service. I think I hear part.
1: car. What? Wait. Not again. Now let's go ahead and sing and worship the Lord together.
2: you. Uh-huh.
3: inside us. to speak, never to fail or forsake. Each person's life is but breath, unending promise. God's divine breath flows through you and those around you. Heaven inside us, when you breathe, you let God in, whispers the sound of your name. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit when he had said this he breathed his last holy is the lord the breath of life inside us yahweh let everything that has breath praise the lord
4: Let's give him praise. Be in the house of the Lord today. Randy, I'll let you Learned a long time ago, you just have to go roll with it and laugh with it. Thank you, Eric. Eric has been running back and forth and trying to do everything he can do. That's all right. Time's good. Okay. Thank you, Eric. I do want to tell you one thing. I love that song, Yahweh. And I sort of said, if I sing with you, will you sing that song? And none of them else had hardly ever heard it. And so they were very kind to their pastor to sing that song with me. Everything was pretty good till the words came up. And they shifted them to teeny tiny little words. I thought, oh, precious Lord, you're going to have to help us get through this. But he did. Amen. Let's give him praise. Amen. Oh, wow. Well, it's always fun. It's always good. And I tell you what, Reverend Klein used to tell me years ago, when the fun goes out of it, you might as well get out of it. So it's all right. And uh, it's all right. I just want to say today a special uh, welcome to everyone who is watching online. You are so much a part of of our church family, and I want to say welcome uh, to you. I would also like to say welcome to uh, the Gehanna Lincoln cheerleaders uh, who are going to be helping our kids and and painting faces and doing all kinds of things. Guys, would you just stand? You're just almost becoming a regular here. Let's give them a hand and tell them we are glad they are here with us today. And now we even have lights. This is amazing. And uh, so... And then I have a dear friend, Reverend Mrs. Ben Ziegler. Ben, would you stand? And uh, your dear wife, it's so good to see both of you here. They're from Pennsylvania. And let's tell them we love them. And we are glad that you're here. And uh, Ben Ziegler is part of a church over in Pennsylvania and has one of the greatest hearts for evangelism that I know anywhere. And I ask him, what in the world are you doing in Columbus, Ohio today? And uh, they were in a conference, and he said, "I'll just stay here." And uh, I said, "Well, you've never seen me preaching jeans before." And he said, "That's okay." And uh, so it's a little different than uh, what we have done, but I love it, and I love all of you. Would you turn to somebody and say, "I just love you"? Now, if you don't mean that, there's an altar right here that, uh, <laughs> and uh, it is just so good. To be in the house of the Lord. Well, today is Halloween day. Wow. I'm trying to remember, but it seems very rare. Yes, I'll get there, Pat. And uh, It seems very rare that I I can't remember in all these years of pastoring Halloween falling often on Sundays. And Halloween is one of those days, you know, that the world has reserved uh, for things that are dark, right, and frightening, and really just kind of demonic, evil, right. But here at Cap City Church, we are turning a dark day into a good day. We're, to, amen. Let's do it. Let's give a hand. Amen. Let's praise God. We're turning a dark day into a good day because you see, uh, we have trunk or treat out. In, in there for the kids and adults as well. There may be some that comes in. I want to thank Pastor Deborah uh, and Eric and others who worked so hard uh, to pull this off. Uh, we didn't think we could get it pulled off, but we did. And uh, it's going to be a great day uh, for the truck or tree candy, fun, and costumes. But it's also a great day, always at our house, because it is my wife's birthday. Can you imagine being born? Connie, would you stand? I want us all to sing together Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday to you. Stand up, Connie. Birthday to you. Happy Birthday, dear Connie. Happy Birthday to you. I think she looks pretty good for 39, don't you? And uh, so, uh, no, it's always a uh, very special day at our house when uh, Halloween rolls around uh, because it is her birthday, and she has with her one of our dearest friends uh, in all of life. And I mean that sincerely. Uh, One of the elders of our church at Brookside and has been Connie's dearest friend and a friend to both of us. Her husband uh, just went to heaven last year during COVID. Uh, Debbie Smith, would you stand and let's just welcome Debbie Smith. She is a marvelous lady who loves the Lord and has been a wonderful help and support uh, to her pastor. But now getting into things that are a little more serious, today is also a day that the church, at least our evangelical church, and maybe at least our churches, don't talk a lot about. But it's a very special day. And it's called Reformation Sunday. Does anybody know what that means? Wow. We need to teach our folks here, don't we? Reformation Sunday or Reformation Day is when Martin Luther, the old German monk who grew up in the German area, grew up under a system where the church at that time and tradition was the primary rule of practice for the church. In fact, they had one Bible, usually in a community. That Bible, imagine this, was chained, I. you heard me right, chained to the pulpit, lest some of you lay folks come in and, and take it and try to read it for yourself. And it was written in Latin. So even if you did steal it, unless you had gone to great school, you couldn't understand the scripture. In that day, the church tradition was that you worked your way to heaven, and what really was something that really, really grieved Martin Luther's heart was the fact that the church would sell indulgences. Now what that meant was they would give you a little something that you could either be forgiven for a sin that you had committed or a sin you were going to commit. How interesting. And that's the way they raised a lot of money. Oh yeah, I just couldn't give us give a dollar and I can do whatever I want. And so this tradition was steeped. And Martin Luther, the German monk, began to read in his very, very uh, just very Simple surroundings and began to study the book of Romans and began to read it over and over and over again. And as he read it, something began to shake in his mind and something began to shake in his soul and something began to open up as God began to show him. And there were a couple of things that really finally Martin Luther came to the understanding of saying, We are not saved by buying indulgences. We are not saved by doing good works we are not saved by all of those other things we are saved by grace through faith and he wrote this the just shall live by faith and all of a sudden a revival and a reformation was born that people began to understand no it's not how much money you give the church no it's not having your name on a register no it's not about how many good things you do for somebody else it is about our faith in christ in jesus name and that we can stand in him amen can we praise god that is a huge thing without that and for that and then one other thing that he said he said the bible Must be the rule of faith and practice. Not church tradition. Not what somebody somewhere else says. Not what some man says somewhere. It is what the word of God says. I love his little poem. He said feelings come and feelings go. And feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God. Not else is worth believing. And he took a stand for the word of God stood trial and was literally put to death because of his stand but he understood also and he fought and began a movement and and sometimes I don't think the church understands this at all he began a movement to unchain the bible from the pulpit and began a movement to get the bible into every person's hand that they could read it themselves, that they could understand it themselves, that they could hear what God says, not through some other man, but they could read it and understand it and hear what God is saying. He also started a movement that began with him, that went on into England and into the Wycliffe years and all of those, started a thing that said every plowboy in England ought to have a Bible. Every plowboy in England ought to have a Bible in a language he can understand. Now, I don't want to be snide, and, and I hope if you feel I'm snide or I am, I, I, I am not sensitive, give me grace and forgive me here. Is that Okay. John Maxwell, my good friend, while we were doing a lot of work for Equip and going around and many different nations teaching nations about the gospel, one year John gave as an appreciation to all of us who were called associate trainers a framed copy of the original 1611 King James Version Bible. That's amazing. I don't know how he got it. I trust it's real. I don't know, but I think it is. Uh, It says it is. And I just want to tell you, when we say that the King James is good enough for Paul, so it's good enough for me, um, not quite right, but I'd like to give you that paper and if you can read it and if you can understand anything it says because the language has changed so much i'll give you a dollar i i hear you more but i don't have any more and so but when you look at that what was originally that came out in that 1611 translation was light years of Latin and and tied to the pulpit but it was never intended to stay there for us to be able to talk about things that we don't even understand and can't even read the syntax and some have just kept going on and going on and going on and going on and I know you can get too far in all this. But the Reformation was about the Bible being in the hands of every person in their language that they can understand what's being said. Just keep that in mind. This is also the final day of this sermon series that we have preached about, If God Be For Us. As a church, we've gone through a lot of change, haven't we? whoa. The other day we were in a staff meeting and said, you know, it's only been three weeks. (laughs) And somebody said, oh Lord, it seems like it's been an eternity. (laughs) We haven't even completed our first month yet. This is the first month. We've walked through a lot of change. We've walked through a lot of challenge. We've walked through a lot of celebration. And we've walked through a lot of things that God has blessed us with. Next week we're going to be starting a study in the book of Ephesians. And you're going to like this. Here's the name of the series. Amazing Grace. (laughs) Isn't grace amazing? Oh, when you hear what grace does for you. Chapter 1. When you hear what grace does in you. Chapter 2. What you read, what grace does through you. Chapter 3. And how we need to walk in light. And how we need to walk in love. And how we need to walk in in purity. And how we ought to battle in this thing of spiritual warfare. It's going to be good. You don't want to miss it. But as we end this sermon series, I just want to hit some things just kind of one last time. The verse that we've been looking at is Romans 8.31. Quote it with me, if you will. If God be for us, who can be against us? And we've looked at the fact that if God is for us, we can walk through change, we can walk through suffering, we can walk through things we don't understand, uh, we can walk through even when we feel separated from God, uh, we can walk through a lot of things. But I want to just focus on this verse just for just a few minutes here. I want you to look, if you will, and if you have a Bible, how many of you do have a Bible? It's better. If, how many have it on your phone? How many have no clue where a Bible is? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you don't have to put your hand up on that. I want you, if you read in your Bible on Romans 8.31, there's going to be a number of words we're going to circle here. The first one is, I want you to circle the word God. Because it is the confidence that the Apostle Paul possesses. This first verse uh, in in Romans 8.31, If God be for us, who can be against us? It's about the confidence the Apostle Paul possesses. And I want you to circle the word God. And Paul bids us to turn our eyes away. From everything that distracts us. And everything that confuses us. And everything that keeps us depressed. And everything that that seems to come against us. And to turn our eyes and focus on God. Now last night. Some of you probably stayed up and watched the football game. We have guests from Pennsylvania here. (laughs) Uh, I love them dearly. No, but it only reminds me of the time that I used to start taking Connie when we were first dating and then in our early years to the Ohio State football game. And I always have binoculars with me. And so I'd be watching the intent because we always sit on C deck. And so we're watching intently the game. And Connie said, David, can I use the binoculars? Sure, okay, you can have them. So I'm watching this play unfold and I'm thinking, oh, wow, I'd sure like to see that with the binoculars. Uh, Connie, did you get that? I look over and she's looking like this. <laughs> I said, Connie, what are you doing? Well, I'm looking to see what people have on. And I said, Connie, give me those glasses. <laughs> give me those glasses back. I Yet still, every once in a while, she'll take them, and she's looking around. And like, okay, okay. Then I took my daughter to her first game. She was in uh, first grade. She was, I think, six. And so we sat down. It was the Indiana game many, many years ago. And we sat down, and so she looked up at me and said, Daddy? Can I use the binoculars? I said, sure, honey. I said, here. And so she took them, and I was watching the play, and she said, Daddy, those are the smallest people I've ever seen in my life. And I said, what are you talking about? And she had the binoculars turned the wrong way, and she was looking out this way. I said, no, 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 honey. You have to turn them this way so you can see. Oh, okay, I have it now. So I'm watching the next play going, she said, Daddy, that's the biggest man I've ever seen. I said, what are you talking, and she had a focus on this guy coming up the stairs, and she was looking (laughs) right, I mean, she could count his whiskers, you know, and I said, no, 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 honey, you don't understand. you got to get the glasses right, and you got to focus on the game. The devil turns all kinds of things on us, Until our problems seem bigger than they could possibly be. Or God seems so far away that he's the littlest person I ever saw. And he's not going to help us in any way. But Paul is saying if God is for us, that God who is the God that we sang about who was and is and is to come and if that God is living inside us and we understand this confidence is based on the revelation of God's power, his great creative power across the universe I never will forget when Norman and Elizabeth were going and seeing and our kids were going to see the, the Grand Canyon for the first time I told them as they were making their way there I said Elizabeth it'll take your breath Roman you'd already seen it I said Elizabeth it'll take your breath and when she got there I said what do you think she said I've never seen anything like that do you know that's the hand of God if God could create the Grand Canyon don't he think he can help you If God created all the things that's going on, and a God, uh, this revelation is based on God's love. In verse 32, it goes on to say the fact that if this God loved us so much that He literally gave His only Son, would He not also give you everything you need? So... If God, amen, thank God, amen, give me praise. If God, if he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, he's not going to let you starve. He's not going to let you go down. He's with you. Secondly, then Paul talks about the the, uh, concern that Paul expresses. And I want you to, underscore or circle the word if. Would you say that with me? If. Let's say this together and put the emphasis on if this time. If God be for us, who can be against us? Remember I told you earlier in this series that I hated the word But when it was changing the whole context of a conversation, the word if is almost that difficult. Because he doesn't say, oh, praise God, God is for everybody. Oh, wait a minute. If, if, if God is for us. Well, I thought God loved everybody. Oh, he does. His love is for every person. He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. We're not talking about His love. We're talking about a covenant relationship. We're talking about His blessing. We're talking about His favor. We're talking about His glory on our lives and His favor in our lives. And this is what Paul is concerned about. If God is for us, You see, there are some that can't have a covenant relationship with God to have the favor of God. Those who are walking in outbroken sin, oh, does God still love us? Of course he does. But you're not going to have his favor. Those who are walking against light, you say, what's light? When God reveals you ought to do something, you say, well, I'll do it sometime. No, I don't think I want to do that. And God is saying, this is what I want you to do when you walk against light you're not going to have the favor of God on your life. When you refuse to forgive someone, you're not going to have the favor of God on your life. When you reject God's counsel and do it your own way, I don't care, I'm going to do it my way, you will not have God's favor. You know what I pray for in our church? I pray, I I mean this. I pray God's favor and God's blessing and God's help and God's joy on this group of people. It's the only way I want to live. I want to know God's favor. I want to know his blessing. I want to know all that he does. You say, well, how can I know if God's for me? I love what Abraham Lincoln said. During the Civil War, a person asked him, said, Abraham Lincoln, is, the, is, the north on the, is God on the side of the north? Abraham Lincoln, very wise president. He looked back and said these words. It would seem, my dear man, that is not the question. If God is on the side of the north. The question is, is the north on the side of God? And you see, it's not about is God on our side. Are we on God's side? Have we chosen to align ourselves with him until we know that he is for us in every task, in every opportunity, in every problem, in every service? We can know that he is with us. Third, the conflict the Apostle Paul faces. And then I want you to circle the word who. Who. Let's say it putting our emphasis on that word. If God be for us, who can be against us? And If God be for us, who can be? Against us. You mean, David, there are people who are actually against people trying to live right lives and trying to gather together to pray and to help feed the hungry? and to help bless those that are less fortunate and try to help those that are on drugs and and try to introduce them to a new life and to try to introduce them to the work of God and to try to introduce them to the things that God would be pleased with and to give people who in their right mind would be against that. I used to think that. But let me tell you, we are living in a Conflict that rages. It was a conflict that began in eternity past between good and evil, Lucifer and God. This conflict erupted in the Garden of Eden. This conflict led to Calvary. This conflict continues today and includes you and me. I want you to listen. This is out of the message, but this is out of uh, Ephesians 6. If I can, uh, wait a minute, hold on. I am nuts. I'll read it out of the New Living Translation. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body of, ar- body of armor, and God's righteousness. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith, put on the salvation of helmet, take the sword of the Spirit, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers. And then he ends up by saying, and pray for me too, and pray for me too. I'm going to show you something that some of you probably have uh, maybe never seen before. Does anybody know what this is? How many of you have never seen one of these? (laughs) Okay, there are people here. We used to take this and open it up. And we would sing out of it. This is called the Praise and Worship hymnal. Anybody know what page 1 is in this praise and worship hymn? What song that is? All hail the power power of Jesus' name. You grew up in the same church I Does anybody know what page 418 is? Amazing Grace. Grace. Anybody know what page 242 is? Victory Victory in Jesus. I tell you what, we all kind of grew up there. But let me just tell you, I I was thinking about it today about this sermon about when we said and who is against us and Martin Luther and Martin Luther wrote a mighty song in the dark days of that reformation period when the church was trying its best to put him to death they brought him to trial and threatened him with death if he would not recant that the Bible should be the rule of faith and practice and he said on the witness stand This is where I stand. I can do no other. God help me. And he wrote this song. When you think that there's nobody against us, listen. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper he against the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe, doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. Listen to this. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing We're not the right man on our side. The man of God's own choosing does ask who that may be. Christ Jesus, it is he, Lord, Sabaoth. his name. And from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled, and I want you to know that's where we live, And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. We need to understand as a church, well, why aren't things going right as good as they are in the church? And and there's a whole lot of reasons. The church across the country. Never forget, we are in a spiritual battle. It's not about just getting people to come on Sunday morning. It's not about just people to give their tithe and their offering. We're talking about a spiritual battle of epic proportion. And God is saying, I am with you, and if God God be for us, we're not going to worry about who is against us. And then I finish the certainty. And Paul said, if God be for us, who can be against us? And then skipping down the verse I preached from last week, and what shall separate us from the love of Christ? I am convinced that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us. You know that I talk a lot about my family and I talk about Reverend Klein, who was my mentor and Connie's dad and probably the greatest man I've ever known. I talk about other men, but one of the men that influenced my life more than probably any other was my dear grandfather who pastored this church many, many years ago. He was driving until he was 92. He lived over in Lancaster and would get in his car and come to this church when he was 92. He knew the way, but the last time that he drove it, he was so confused that a police uh, person had to pick him up and take him to my mom and dad's. So They had to take his car away. That was a very difficult thing. And you see, he was born in a different period of time than most of us. And my mom and dad had a little microwave in their basement where they had set up a a room for him in his later years. And they told him, we're going to go to the store and we'll see you a little bit when we come back. When they came back in the house, it smelled like a nuclear explosion had taken place. And they went in and they said, Grandpa, what, what happened here? He said, well, he always talked to me, said, well, I was trying to warm up a piece of chicken, and I put it in that there microwave for 20 minutes, and I thought it'd be okay. <laughs> Literally, he nuked that thing until it was absolutely steaming. Finally, they had to put him in a nursing home, and And uh, he was in assisted living, and in the last few years of his life, he'd had a stroke, and we never got to talk. But the last conversation I ever had with him, he was at that time probably 94, 95. And I went in to see him, and he was there, and always dressed immaculately in a three-piece suit, he would roll over in his grave if he knew I was preaching to you in jeans. And, uh, I mean, I can tell you that. He said, David, what on earth has got into you? I went to see him in the hospital one time. He had eye surgery, all dressed up in a three-piece suit. And I said, Grandpa, they're letting you out? And he said, no, I just don't like to lay around here like they want you to lay around. I said, you've got to be kidding me. And that's true. Well, we, we talked that day, and he's been such an influence. And I said, well, Grandpa, I'd like to read a little scripture for you. He said, I'd like that. So I read Romans 8, 28, down through the end of the chapter. I'll never forget as we got to the end and nothing shall separate us. And I could see his eyes look way down into a place that I didn't know where he was looking. And he just said this. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Can separate me from God. I said, Grandpa, do you want to pray? He said, Yes, I'd like that. I said, Will you just sit here on the bed and, and I'll pray? And I got on my knees. He said, No, I don't want to pray like that. Help me get on my knees. You've never lived till you've had to take a hero who's too weak to get on his knees and help put him on his knees. And then he put his hand on me and prayed that God would help me to be safe and would bless my life and would keep me where I ought to be and live a life that's pure and holy and he'd bless my ministry. I picked him back up, put him back on the bed, and I said, Grandpa, I'll talk to you later. He said, yes, thanks for coming in. And he looked out again. Last words I ever heard him say. Nothing. Absolutely nothing (laughs) can separate us from the love of Christ, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what I want to ask you Do you have that certainty this morning? Are you living this morning in A life of favor. And do you know, do you have that confidence that Paul spoke about when he said, I know that God is with me? Do you have that confidence that Job spoke about when he said, I know my Redeemer liveth and I know I will see him on the last day? Or are you kind of confused? Here's what I'd like you to do, and I've not done this ever. Would you take your commitment card or connection card out of your, your bulletin for just a minute? If you can find it, just, if, if you've already put it in, that'll be fine. But if you haven't, just take your connection card out wherever you are, all of us. Not just, not just the visitors, all of us. If you're a visitor, please fill it out and put your name and, and contact information. We really do want to serve you. But on that connection card, there's... A number of things that you can check. I want to accept Christ as my savior. If that's what you want to do this morning, I want you to check that and pray. I want to renew my life to Christ. If that's what you want to do, check that this morning, and I want you to place it in the offering when it's done. If there's just some issues coming against you or prayer requests that are huge in your life, jot them down real quick. We're praying for them every Tuesday at 11 o'clock. People are praying and lifting the requests that you give to us every Tuesday. And you're invited to join that. Would you just take that a moment? I'm just going to, Pray softly. Our Father, as I come before you today, we finish this series. But there are some people that are really not sure that God is for them. They want it to be. They hope it to be. But they don't have that deep assurance that they've really repented of their sin and that you abide within. And Lord, as we pray in a moment, help them to pray that prayer. Lord, there are people here today that are walking through things that they know are not right. And you've spoken to them about it. Sometimes they don't know what to do about it, but they know it's wrong. And they know that they're not living where they ought to live in the favor of God. And I pray that you'll just help them to turn that matter, whatever it is, over to you. And ask you to help them to make it right. Lord, there are people who need to renew their commitment to you. They've known better days spiritually than they know today. Will you draw near to them? Will you strengthen them? Will you draw to them and help them to know if they'll draw near to you, you'll draw near to them? I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will, and take that card. Please fill it out one way or another and just stand with me if you will. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I'd just like to ask, is there anyone here that would just be so honest to say, I really want to know that God is with me, but I'm not sure? Pray for me, Pastor. Would you just slip your hand up and put it down? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to do anything that would, that would be for you. God bless you. Yes, I see that hand. Anyone else as we tarry just a minute? Yes, I see that hand. Anyone else? We're going to pray. If you can just put that down on your connection card, pray these words silently as I pray them aloud. Lord Jesus, I know that you are real. And I desire to know that you are in my heart. I confess that I have sinned as everyone else has sinned. And forgive me of my sins. And come into my heart that I may know that God is with me. In Jesus' name. Claim it, my friends. And those of you that are online, reach out towards the screen. And pray that prayer and believe that God forgives your sin and let us know either by a text or Facebook or whatever. And then I wonder if there are those who would just say, Pastor, I feel like I've had better days spiritually than I'm, I'm having today. Just pray for me. I want to draw nearer to God. Would you put your hand up and put it down? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All over this place. God bless you. God bless you. Pray with me this prayer and pray in your own heart. Father, I do love you. And I know there were days I've had better days spiritually than I'm enjoying today. So God, will you touch me and help me? Draw near to me. Lord, if there's anything between you and I, help me to know what it is. To put it aside. I want to know if God is for me. Who can be against me? And I want to know that same assurance that my grandfather had. Nothing can separate us from God. Now Lord, watch over this congregation and bless them today. Bless in everything else we do. For we ask it in Jesus' name. I believe there are some people who made decisions today. Let's give God a hand and give Him praise. You may be seated. I believe that uh, Scott Fisher has a quick announcement. Then we'll take the offering, and then the kids will be able to uh, take their their great time at the trunk retreat. So, Scott Fisher.
0: Good morning everyone. Good morning. Is Pastor Devin here? Yep, right there. Aha! And Pastor David, come on up front. As most of you know, this is Pastor Appreciation Month, so let's give them a hand. And I, and I just want to say, um, some of us, uh, who haven't known you, Pastor Deb, very long, uh, appreciate you and thank you for what you've done. We know when we hear that a pastor's leaving that we've known for a while, everybody's like, oh no, now what are we gonna do? Um, Pastor Deb, you have stepped in. I know Pastor Crystal did numerous things in here. You have stepped in and haven't missed a beat and we appreciate that. (laughs) And you may have missed a beat here or there, but (laughs) but that's okay. But that's okay. You have done a fantastic job. She has. We appreciate right. everything that you have done and are continuing to do for us. So thank you so much. Amen. And this guy over here, <laughs> Pastor David, thank you for stepping up and saying, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Not control, not charge, but just take over. Oversight. Oversight. Yeah, for for this church because again, when a pastor leaves, that's when the devil makes his move the most. Yeah. Yeah. Is when a pastor leaves. So I thank you for jumping in and saying, you know what, I'm gonna am t- gonna take care of us out here, right. of right. of the sheep that are right. out here. So thank you, thank you for everything that you've been doing, that you're gonna continue to do, and more importantly, these, Pastor Deb. Pastor uh, David, and everybody that he had brought up a couple weeks ago, a month ago, I'm bad with timeline, I don't know, month, two months ago, whatever it was, um, to be able to get in a position where we had these people that are willing to step up and do this, on the backside of the part that you don't, that most of us don't get to see, that I get to see, phenomenal, these people are phenomenal. So thank you for that, thank you again for that. Um, if you have brought a card or a gift, um, I know they accept, what, charge cards, checks? No, oh, there. yeah, we, we have our little things right here. Yeah. <laughs> but if you brought a card or a gift, um, there's a basket in the back. Um, it's beside that pumpkin back there. I'm not going to say what's on it, but it's beside that pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, You can drop it in there. If you happen to have forgotten it, um, please bring it next week. If you forget it next week then there's a problem. I'm kidding, I'm kidding again, I'm kidding again. But again, thank you for, man, this is a tough crowd today. Is everybody awake? Should've gave him, should've I gave him the, was candy. I was gonna say, should've gave him the candy before sir. Yeah, there we go. All right, but again, uh, thank you for everything that you have done and that you are doing. And there are cupcakes that I know of. I haven't seen them, but I know there's cupcakes. If there's no cupcakes back there, See this guy. <laughs> I had nothing right, to do with this you, one. Thank you, guys. We, we truly, we do really appreciate you both. Thank, thank you, so much. you.
4: Thank you. Sir. I just need you. Oh, I've got one here. Well, thank you very much. That's kind. And I tell you, Deborah has been a, uh, a beautiful assistant and help. Uh, you have no idea how much Pastor Crystal did and uh, she is stepping up and everything I'd ask, well who does that? Pastor Crystal. Who does that? Pastor Crystal. Who locks the doors? Pastor Crystal. Who unlocks the doors? Pastor Crystal. Who turns on the heat? Pastor Crystal. Who turns on the lights? Pastor Crystal. Uh, whoa. And so but Deborah has done a wonderful, wonderful job. Ushers, will you come forward and those of you that are helping with Truck or Treat, that is your signal uh, that you can begin to go. Kids, uh, if you have kids in the children's department, there Going out to uh, get some candy, and uh, if you have kids with you, uh, take them. If you have teenagers with you, take them. Uh, it's, we want We don't want to have a lot of candy left over. Now, please leave your offering before all of you leave. Okay. Uh, that, ushers, are you here? Okay, we got them. Do we have one? Here we are. Okay, we got him. All right. Father, bless this offering. Bless this people in Jesus' name. Amen. you. After you've given, you are dismissed. Go out and find some candy or find a cupcake or do whatever. God bless you. You are dismissed. Thank you for coming to Capital City this morning.